We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's good? Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. We're about to talk quarterbacks, preview them for the spring. How good can this Notre Dame offense be? And what is the ceiling for Sam Hartman? Heck, Jack Cohn came here and lit it up. Let it you know, up. if you compare him to his seasons at Wisconsin. So, and he's pretty successful. He won 10 games. Sam Hartman, should that be 10 games, 3,600 yards left? Should we consider that the floor for Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame? We'll talk about it. Don't forget. CFB Nation exclusively, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Lock in with us. We're going to put the link to that in the chat all during the show to make sure that you can lock in. YouTube, thumbs up, smash it. Helps with the views. We thank you for getting us to 3,800 subscriptions. Subscribers, it's because of you guys. And if a couple of you guys want to drop off like you did last night because you don't like what we say, we're fine with that. We're going to be who we are. We're going to be as ethnic as direct, straight to the point, and as honest about Notre Dame football as we always are, because we're the home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. You already know we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
So left, previewing the quarterbacks. Sam Hartman does some things. He creates 1,000-yard receivers, which he did six times at Wake Forest. Six times. That's, hey, what they say, you got to do it more than once to, to show consistency, right? Mm-hmm. He's efficient. Interception prone, maybe. Depends on your point of view. He knows who he is, though, as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that you're like, he's going to look like Johnny Manziel with us or try to, you know, go outside of his realm of what he's comfortable with. I think he's at the age where he's like, listen, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. If I don't got protection, it's going to be a rough day for me. I'm going to get a little wild with the football. Fortunately, the things that he's lacking, Notre Dame is boosted in. We're going to have a line for you. We're going to give you some time. Now, are the receivers going to get open this year? That's that's where the release packages we had talked about last year, where it comes into effect. Are we going to have younger guys get opportunities? Because now with a veteran quarterback, I can throw a Tobias. I can throw a Jayden Greyhouse in there for a couple series. Because I know, if anything, Sam going to tell them where to line up. May throw it to him knowing the, the defense is putting the third best corner on a young superstar potential receiver. But we had the knowledge at the position where Sam's going to be like, look, that's a mismatch. Tobias is a mismatch. They focus on Jaden Greyhouse to the boundary. We got Tobias Merriweather to the field. That's one-on-one. Mm. So the the what Jared Parker is now in a position to do is like, okay, how do I mastermind this thing? How do I how do I spin this in the right way where everybody eats? Because this is an offense prone for everybody to eat. We don't have just one good thing, one good player. We got guys like Jadarian Price in the tank waiting. We don't know what his impact on the season is going to be. We got a healthy Chris Tyree in the slot this year. Nobody knows about. But I tell you what, Sam Hartman's going to lean on that because that's another fifth-year guy. He's what Avery Davis should have been for us before the injuries. Now you got an experienced slot guy, veteran outside with a little bit of youth. Tight ends are always strong. I mean, this is really gearing up to be a special offense that we haven't seen as the feature of the team since 2015. Even in 2018, the offense wasn't the feature of the team when we was undefeated. Hell, any playoff run, that we've had wasn't an offensively led team. It was a support group. It was like Alcohol's Anonymous. We were just there just helping guys get through. We wasn't there to make an impact or win a game. We were just there not to lose it by a lot. This year, probably the first time in a long time where we're literally the driver <coughs> of where this season goes. Not that the defense isn't going to hold its weight, but the offense is going to lead the team if we want to do the things we need to do because that's what wins college football championships is offense. Georgia scored 63 points in the championship game. <laughs> yeah, the defense was amazing, but 63 points, that's amazing. In the in the final game, like, the like you know, you done battled all 15 weeks, you're tired, you're hurt, and you finished with 63 points. And could have put on more. I'm sure they probably could, they probably could have set the record that will hard to be broken for a long time. I highly doubt we'll see another game where it's that much of a disparity. Because I'd have tanked some ratings now. They they you know, yeah, mm-hmm. they TCU's a feel-good story, but Alabama should have been in that playoffs. <laughs> just just due to the fact that's the only team at that point that could have. Gave them a run for their money. Ohio State was a good matchup, but Alabama should have been in there off of just what they had, you know. But with the new playoff structure, it don't matter. You got to run the gamut. It's a, it's a new season, you know. Interestingly, Wake Forest actually ran the ball up for 135 yards a game. But you got to look at that, Man, too. Is that, is that 
because they're like for instance that in the half. No, I mean they had 38 attempts for 135. The average wasn't great, but they ran the ball 38 times per game. But with a guy like Sam Hartman, you gotta find where those 38 came in spots. Or are they are they coming in the beginning of the game? They're coming in clutch time, they're coming to close a half, open the game, or you know, there's many different ways because you have to think about it for a quarterback like Sam Hartman, where you know the strength of the team is throwing the football. Hmm. You don't have six receivers hitting a thousand yards. Six different was it different receivers or same receivers? No, six different receivers. Six different receivers hitting a thousand yards. You know the strength of your offense. It better be the strength. Hell. So as the running coming in spurts, it could be like the Dallas Cowboys where the run game look good on paper. But they're usually running because they're behind and then they're trying to catch up. And then, you know, so the run game for us this year is about effectiveness. Mm-hmm. We could run the ball 12 times in a game, but it's going to be for 100 yards because they're playing so light in the box. We have to run. That's what we want. We want to be having to be in situations where we have to run because we're killing them on the outside. Not we're running the throw. We're running the uh, – we're throwing the run. That's, in my opinion, the, the mentality that we should go into the game because we can fall back on the running game. If you want to make this offense look better and new and improved and different than, than last year, come out swinging. Come out on the offensive. You don't go get the number one quarterback in the transfer portal to play defense. If we getting if you if you telling your starter the year before he even gets here that we coming to get a guy better than you for this passing game, then that needs to be the feature. That's just that's, the, that's just what it is. Feature the passing game because we know for a fact if we have to turn around and hand that football off, that's eight games we can win right there. <laughs> if we can turn around and hand that football, that's eight games. We might as well keep Tyler Buckner. We might as well keep Tyler Buckner if we look in the run going into the season as the, the feature or foundation of our offense. We need to – I don't mind us putting a lot on Sam, but Sam's a fifth-year senior. He should be all right, in my opinion. But Jared Parker's opportunity, we talk about that, is, is at a high level, man. I mean, you're, you, you got everything you want in front of you. You got – Everything you're coming from last year, you've been in the building. That's a bigger advantage than any coach we've could have gotten. Mm-hmm. You've been there. You in there. You know everybody we got, everybody we have coming in, and this, that, and the third. So it seems to be a better decision as weeks play out. At first, it's like, man, you did all that for the guy down the hallway. You should have da 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 da. But you going combing through it. They're making the right moves in spring. They've been decisive to this point. They got the right coaches in the right spots for development, like the quarterback position, not only for this year, but moving forward with the young guys. Quarterback coaches actively involved in the right recruiting, knows how to recruit. I mean, these are these are positives for an offensive side. Obviously. My concern for the offense is you got all these two-way, three, four, five-position players. Mm-hmm. It's never really happened in football before where you've had such a surplus of versatile players like this. So it's going to come to a point where it's like, who's who's really good at doing what? <laughs> it's one thing to have a guy that can do a lot of things. Got a Aeneas Williams. Got a Rico Flores. Got a Jaden Thomas. But when it's third and eight, and we in the playoffs, <clears throat> and we need a post route. Mm-hmm. Not not a handoff reverse, not, not a little dump off screen, not no if hell, if we get in double covered and we need a post route, who's the best post runner? Period. Not the best athlete, not the best, fastest dude. Who is the best post runner 
to get this touchdown because that's what it comes down to the particulars, the details. Hell, I'm glad that we got guys that can play every position on the field. But where's the specialist at? That's how you get guys like Salerno and, and all these dudes sneaking up on the, the field is because they are really good at this in and out route, really good at this two or three plays. So being a technician is going to be very important, being defined, being modeled by Chancey Stuckey, mm-hmm. being modeled by Dina McCullough, Sam Hartman modeling his receivers, training them up, getting the chemistry right with them. These are going to be the things that we have to see during camp because now there is no looking over your shoulder, Sam Hartman, you the dude. We we sink or swim, feast or famine. Are you the savior? No, but you're going to be a, a vital part. By doing your part, you can be Jack Cone 2.0 for this team. Because with Jack, we was we was back and forth with Jack. Put Tyler in for him and Tyler. Now it's just Sam. So it's the right attention. But man, it's gonna be interesting to see how we uh allow Sam to be Sam and help this offense. Interestingly left, I'm looking at these stats, yo. Sam Hartman is coming to an offense that really fits this, maybe not stylistically, but the efficiency. Sam Hartman only threw the ball 50% of the time for Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest ran the ball 49% of their plays last year, left. Yeah. So a lot of people think Wake was an offense where Sam Hartman was having to carry the water. Of course, the rushing attack only averaged 3.4 yards per carry, but they stuck to the run. They truly did. They tried to be balanced, and they tried to set Sam Hartman in that passing game up. And he comes into a similar situation where Notre Dame doesn't feel the pressure to do anything other than what he's been doing and have the run game be still a focus of that offense. And maybe the splits go up a little bit. Maybe they throw the ball 53 to 55%. But Notre Dame's going to run the ball. Yeah. And they're going to run it more effectively and more efficiently than Wake Forest was able to do. Now, yeah. go ahead. That balance is sort of what Tommy wanted last year. He wanted that balance. You look at the Clemson game, it was sort of trending towards what the ideal offense would look like. I mean, we had a very effective running game, Clemson game, but the, the passes balanced it out. Mm-hmm. They would pass us more in, in big plays and in effective spots and big chain movers that we have. But And Sam Hartman's is accustomed to more of that 50-50. Now, him being able to turn guys into 1,000-yard receivers being a balanced offense, it's, it, it proves that he can, he can make the plays needed and he has the experience to make it happen when his number's called on. That's why we never – looked at it like he was a Caleb Williams where Caleb Williams is 80% of the offense. Mm. Sam's never been 80% of the offense. That's savior percentage. You a first round pick, you're 80% of the offense, just what it is. Everything's running through you. Sam being the player he know he is, he's not looking for no 80%. (laughs) No, Sam, like, wait a minute. Don't put me in something where I got to look like Peyton Manning. I'm just here to play my part, which is why he's a tier three, tier whatever quarterback. Because if you give him enough, he'll make something out of it, similar to a C.J. Carr. C.J. Carr has more talent, in my opinion. I'm not looking at C.J. Carr like the number one pick of the draft and all of that from a talent perspective. You're not – Wow, me with a his his running out the pocket or crazy playmaking the bit. No, but if you put CJ Carr with Cam Williams, mm. Tobias, put some Rico Flores in there, give him a running game. We talking something serious now. Give Kenny Minchie the same thing. So that's where you know complimentary football comes into play. Marcus Freeman talks about it. 
He's going to get a more balanced uh, team overall. I think that's easier to manage when your, your defense can play off your offense and your offense can play off your defense. He can trust his quarterback, look down the sideline, know his quarterback, calm, cool, and collected. That's a good feeling for a coach going in. Because before, we're we're looking for points last year. How are we going to score? How are we going to score over 30 points? How are we gonna... Now it's like we know we can score what we need to. We can get in a shootout with anybody, I believe, this year. But the best part is that the defense is going to be who the defense is, and we can appreciate them more as being the 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 equalizer in the game. Yeah, y'all got a good offense too. Yeah, y'all put up some good points. We do too. But our defense, that's where that 16 in the country will, will start standing out. Hard to be 16 in the country on defense when your offense is 89th. <laughs> you, you, you'll never get the impact of what 16 in the country means. You're like, dang, y'all 16, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, because you, you're, you're naturally giving up points because you're on the field 80% of the game. So it's, so it's give and take. Our 16 being ranked defensively in the country is going to stand out a lot more. And we're going to be better than 16 this year, in my opinion. Hopefully floating around the top 10 in the country defensively. It's going to reflect on the team this year because the offense isn't going to be at the bottom of the list. Now teams are going to be like, damn, when we don't have that many stabs at it, when we don't have 80 plays in the game, to wear down a defense, it's more like 60. And then we got to think situation. We might be down now. Before it was like, no, they ain't going to keep us in there for a long time to the fourth quarter. They're going to give us chance after chance after chance because they're not going to score no points. Right. So they're going to keep us around. But now, yeah, we might be down 14, 17 points if we, if we don't score when we need to score. Now we got to be like, okay, Ben Morrison, we can't just be tossing balls all day over that way because, you know, we don't want to waste waste downs. We don't want to put Sam Hartman on the field again. Teams got to think now. Before, everybody felt comfortable coming to Notre Dame because they know they had a chance. They just had mm-hmm. to find ways to score. Defense didn't have to be great. Come on, Marshall's defense wasn't great. They had good players. They wasn't great overall. But what Marshall say, hey, listen, just chip and chip and chip. They got a young guy back there. Show them some different looks. They're going to give us some drives. That's easy money. Now, Marshall wouldn't dare to throw no Gatorade on their coach now. How? They're going to be down 50 points. Because instead of eight drives to score 20, you got eight drives and you only got 10 points now. And, hell, you're down 14 or 21 or can't get the lead. Every time you score, we score. It take you three drives to score. As soon as you score, we score fast because we throw it deep or something. You know, it, it's a it's a mind, a mind fair, a psychological game that Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker and Al Golden can play because you got everything at your disposal. It's like John Wick. You know, he always got something on him. You're like, dang, how you – Pull that out your sock. <laughs> hey, you pull out your, uh, I got it out your sock. You know? Very equipped. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, over at CFB Nation, YouTube. Thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe. Helps with the views. We appreciate you. We give you audio edibles every day, and we're exclusive to CFB Nation. You already know we spin it different. I gave you his stats from last year. And I'll talk about the two games, which were consecutive games left that gave Sam Hartman troubles. And with one of the teams returning a really good defense and a top 10 defense, that might be a struggle. 
3,700 yards, 38 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I think um, some of them interceptions came because his old line let up some pressure where he's just letting some stuff go. On October 29th and November 5th in back-to-back games, he struggled. His two of his lowest completion percentages on the season. He threw three interceptions in both of those games. And they suffered two losses to Louisville and number 22, North Carolina State, who is going to be a tough game. We talked about what they returned on defense earlier in the summer. So he's going to have to overcome that. With that being said, I'd be very interested in watching the full game tape to see what North Carolina State did. The Louisville game, I, I saw it. It just seemed like some quirky stuff, and then Louisville got hot for a couple of quarters and kind of just walked away at home. The NC State game is something I'm going to dig really into to see what they did schematically to go against Sam Hartman. Yeah, and you know, you got to think about it too in in the case that Sam Hartman doesn't have to force the football with this Notre Dame football team. He doesn't have to put the ball in harm's way. We have a good enough offensive line to where when we want to take shots down the field, he's going to have enough time to where okay, if I don't like the sh- the, the the deep throw, I can come to my my check down. Cause what force force for what? If we want four yards, we turn around and hand it to Audrey. So now this is like, look, we second and six. You can take a shot if you want to. You don't have to force it or take what we're giving you. Take it underneath. Take it to bias. Take Chris Tyree. Take a screen. Let me ask you a question, Left. Against defenses like North Carolina State, this is just as an offensive coordinator. It, like if you're facing heck, if you're getting ready to face Long Beach Park, who has a who has a great defense, and you know they have more talent than you have, yeah. right? Do you say to yourself, we have to be balanced? Or do you just say, look? This is what we can do against them. And if we have to pass the ball 60% of the time and just forego balance and run the ball, then that's what we have to do because we have to give ourselves a better chance. Because just running the ball and only averaging two, three yards is not helping us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Wake Forest, they ran the ball 49% of the times. They only averaging 3.4 yards a carry. Mm -hmm. So in essence, were they really helping Sam Hartman. I understand they were trying to help him. Yeah, and that's that's where the creativity of the offensive coordinator has to come in. You know, anytime you're going against a defense that's more talented, in my opinion, what and from my experience is you have to start swinging. You have to start swinging. Mm-hmm. If you're going against a, a major league like Berlander or something, swing, swing. Yeah. yeah. Duh, he's striking people out okay, but most people not swinging. So you're gonna have to take some shots. You're gonna have. You think about uh, Florida when they played against Alabama in the SEC championship, or was it SEC championship? Yeah, SEC championship against uh, where they had Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask, and an offense that wasn't more talented than the Alabama defense, but has some pieces. They was taking shots. They was making plays. You look at you look against any team that gave Alabama problems in the championship game. Alabama's giving up 400 plus yards. 
because teams are like, you know what? We're not going to get stuck in this. I'm scared. I need to, you know, waste time on the clock. I need to be a defensive type of offensive play caller. No, 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 no. We're going to take shots. We're going to take our one-on-ones because we know that we believe in our talent. Jared Parker just has to believe in the talent that he has. He doesn't have to go beyond his means. He has to be a little creative. But don't go beyond your means thinking, oh, I have to play this real tight and keep the game close. No, take some shots. We got talent. Because that's going to tell the other side, okay, we don't, we know that y'all think y'all better than us from a paper perspective, but these one-on-ones are 50-50. These shots down the field are 50-50. And we like our guys. And we're going to take them. Because anything else, if you just playing the numbers, if you just play the yeah, if you do traditional play calling against a team that's better, it's just not going to average out. You get anywhere. Kentucky versus Georgia, uh, back when Kentucky was hot, they was trying everything. After a while, it gets a little played out because they, they couldn't trick them enough because they just didn't have enough talent. But that at, in the beginning, you got to get them thinking. And for us to have Sam Hartman being such a a great piece to balance off of, we can go out there and throw it 30 times and be successful. Not 30 times because we're trying to not look like how we look on film. 30 times because that's what it take him, that's what it can take to win. And that's a difference. Going against Caleb Williams at USC last year, we knew we were gonna have a hard time finding the points and who it's gonna come from. How are we gonna score that many points? We have to throw X amount just to just to get close to potentially scoring that many points. We can't just run that ball the whole game. With Sam Hartman, I'm comfortable going into the USC game throwing it 40 times. Because I think we got a chance if we throw it 40 times. Ohio State, we threw it, what, less than 25 times or something like that? If you just looked at the paper alone, you don't think that's enough to win to beat Ohio State. You're going to throw for less than – it's impossible. Impossible. Unless you're just getting – Unless you're getting to play against uh, Lorenzo made the first play of the game a couple times. Other than that, the percentages doesn't make sense. You're not going to beat Ohio State with 25 attempts. Kidding me? Unless you're the New England Patriots. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's some. Yeah, so. We're not going into games no longer afraid this season. If any time to bet on Notre Dame, this is the time in big games. Because of a couple things. One, our quarterback room, I'll take it versus these three, these three games we got to win. I'll take it. I believe that we can score the points we need with the quarterbacks that we got. When you got that understanding, these Clemson, Ohio State, USC games is like, okay, it's just the challenge we're ready to take. Last year, we like, oh, man, how are we going to pull this off? This year, it's like, man, yeah, put us in there. We're going to have a we're gonna have a shot. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a chance. I'll put my money down. Before, I would never put my money down on Notre Dame. Now we got something to talk about going into games. How is Ohio State going to manage offense and defense? Yeah, they got some players, but they got more questions than we do. That's what I like. I like going into a game with the other team having more questions. We know who we are from a a, a standpoint of what we have. They don't even know what they got yet. So we're in a good spot. The next thing with Sam Hartman, well, we expect Jack Cohn's stats to be his floor and what Jack Cohn was able to do. Jack Cohn, I would venture to say, would love to have this wide receiver core than the wide receiver core he had. And his wide receiver core was better than the core. No. I was about to say his wide receiver core was better. 
his wide receiver than last year's core opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's questionable, but it's definitely been an upgrade. Coaching the wide receiver room and what you call talent in the wide receiver room. This is my pause. The talent in the wide receiver room is young. The talent in the wide receiver room is young. And whether people believe it or not, there is no dog in that room yet. There is no dog. We would like to think there is one. We would love to think that there is one, but there is no dog in that wide receiver room quite yet. Potential? Yes. Established? No. You establish that in games. You don't establish that in practice. You establish that in games. There is no dog in that wide receiver room. So as much as we talk about this person one-on-one, that person one-on-one, that dog has to show up against Ohio State. That dog has to show up against USC. Nobody cares about what you put up against Tennessee State Navy. No, we don't care. If there is a dog in that room, that dog is going to show up against Ohio State. That's it. We can talk about potential. We can talk about talent. We can throw out names. No, you're not. And no one has proven that they're a dog in the first three games of this schedule. No. And Sam Hartman, sadly, quarterbacks don't make dogs, don't make wide receivers dogs. Please don't believe that myth. I've seen dogs at wide receiver with bad quarterback play. At Notre Dame. I saw Michael Floyd be a dog with Dane Chris's quarterback. That's dog. what I was about to say. Would you get well Mike, Michael Floyd was a dog with Dane Chris as his quarterback left? I'm talking about Tommy, a Tommy dog. Too. Tommy too. He had a thousand receptions with Tommy. Dude. If you are a dog, quarterback don't a quarterback doesn't matter. Yeah. You're a dog. You're just that dude. That has not played out quite yet. It'll play itself out. I'm, I'm, it has I'm, to play itself no. out, but it has to show up on the biggest stages left. It's got to show up on it's the It's got to show up on the biggest stages. Yeah. And dude, I tell people all the time, you know how Mark D'Antoni's defense played, right? Yeah. They, man, they didn't care. Man to man. Darquez Denard, they, they, they against us. They was literally man to man. Man to man. They didn't care. And they they they, they they didn't change. They didn't care. And they had one high safety, and then but that's how we found out we had a dog. In right. Real. Absolutely. Thank you. Against the first round Trey Wings. That's hey, that's when Will was born. That's the day you found out Will <laughs> Fuller was a dog. You didn't find out he was a dog against Rutgers. Boy, yeah, Rutgers. No, you man to man press coverage. Trey Wayne's future first round pick, still in the league, still in the league against Will, a freshman and Will Fuller. Yes, a young guy. Not no, DeVaris was out there. You know, TJ was out there. They were doing good, but we found out about Will and knew where the direction of the offense was going. Yes, <laughs> yes. And what Ohio State showed last year, as improved as the wide receivers were, Ohio State showed up and went man to man. Yeah. All game. Oh, and man. they dared the wide receivers to prove that they had better hey, talent. Than where's the dog? Where's the dog? Because if the dog I mean, jumps up, we'll back off. Yeah, we'll back off. We'll that back off. Do us. Yes. Teams are like, yeah, I ain't got no dogs out there. Brayden Lindsey just just discovered himself, and he's y'all number one. We've been to press y'all all game. And then what? We don't have to have no complicated 
uh, defensive uh, assignment. We're going to make sure you don't run. Mm-hmm. And we just believe our corners are better. Get off a of press. Get some release packages, you know. And there were opportunities against Ohio State. There were. Hey, Massalerno made some plays. Listen, yeah, very true. And it's, man, the dog has to come to fruition against Ohio State. Yeah. Opportunities are going to be there for big plays, man. 100%. And in those games, you are not trying – look, I understand what you did against Clemson, and that's fine. You are not winning games going 70, 65, 80 yards consistently against good teams. You want a coffee? You're just not. Go watch how Michigan has been able to beat Ohio State. Tough defense. Physicality, big plays. Big plays in the passing game off play action. They've created big plays in the run game. Late in those games, as Ohio State has tired up front. You have to be willing to make big plays, and you have to have the players that can go out there and make the big plays. That's it. I've watched practice. I see the talent. I love the young receivers. Love, I'm talking about Braylon James has an opportunity to be just as effective as Tobias Merriweather when it comes to taking the top off the defense. Just as effective. Rico Flores will be. I'm going to tell you right now. Rico Flores will be the technician that left has been talking about. When you watch him run routes, he's going to be the technician. Jaden Greathouse is just going to be the dude that you line up anywhere and he finds a way to get open. That's who he is. So, yeah, that's tons of talent. Yo, Deion Cozy, it's about time, bro. Yeah. It's about time. What are we talking about? 6'5? We've been hearing about what you've been doing in practice. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. Yeah. It's about that time. If that dog is in you, he needs to come out and bark. Period. It's the put up or shut up, Ralph. Bernie. OSU secondary was ready to get torched last year. What happened? Didn't try him enough. Wide receivers didn't get open. Wide receivers didn't get they didn't get open. They got the same game plan. Same game plan. <laughs> it's funny how people automatically think Notre Dame has better receivers than Michigan, bro. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's hard to say anything about our receivers, honestly. Bro, this is what I'm talking about. People just, you know, one thing I can't stand is just a flat-out Notre Dame homer, bro. Yeah. Just, they don't care. Notre Dame is great at everything. Everything. Every player is great. Can't be like that. I refuse to look at any other team and give them credit. Yeah. Gotta be realistic about it. So, once again, yes, Ohio State, their secondary got torched. Secondary also got torched by Georgia. So, what happened again with Notre Dame last year? It wasn't producing well enough. Yeah. Oh, so we're gonna put it. We're gonna put it all on the quarterback that game, right? I think the quarterback has a part in it. Oh, absolutely. But the receivers were just not as productive as they should have been for where they are. 
we had a first year guy, Chance mm-hmm. Stuckley, working his techniques in there. I mean, just the over the spring transformation that he had on these kids. I think it was such a jump that to show it in the game, I think it just it'll be more this year, more apparent this year than it was last year. See, this is I'm gonna say two names. I'm gonna say two names, right? And I'm gonna show you that Bernie probably doesn't pay attention to any other football. Roman Wilson. All right. You got that? Roman mm-hmm. Wilson and Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell is a dog. Yeah. A dog. Dog. Who's a dog in the Notre Dame wide receiver room? I've seen Ronnie Bell be a dog. I've seen Roman Wilson be a dog. And Ronnie Bell came back off the ACL and was still a dog. So what are we talking about? When he's like, Notre Dame has better receivers. They don't even have a dog. They have no proven dog. Michigan has one. I don't care if you're 5'9 left. 160 pounds. If you a dog, you a dog. You a dog, you a dog. You a dog, you a dog. And like Jason Smith said, I saw your comment, Jason. He was right. Michael Floyd stepped on campus. And it was like, yo, it don't, I don't care who's in who is in the wide receiver room. And this, this right here, this is what I'm talking about. He said Michigan receivers didn't do it. He just told, see, because he's now he's losing the argument. Michigan has two dogs that have proven it over time. Give me the wide receivers that Notre Dame has that's that have proven it. Yeah, you're not answering the question because your comment was that Notre Dame has better receivers but they have zero dogs. Give me the dogs in the wide receiver room that are proven. I gave you two for Michigan. You can say all you want. And both of those, two of the three plays ended up in big touchdowns. So what are you talking about? Michigan receivers didn't do anything, but they scored two big touchdowns on three cover zero plays. That's what you're supposed to do. Charlie Jones left Iowa, went to Purdue, and was a dog. He was a dog at Iowa with bad quarterbacks. He went and got an average quarterback at Purdue and was still a dog. That's right. I'm still waiting. Who's the dog in the Notre Dame wide receiver room? That's proven. That's proven it. We all think they're good, but they got to show themselves. September 23rd, people. What's the name of that song? Who let the dogs out? That's right. Hey, the dogs need to show up. That's a good question, Derek. What do you think about that? They torched OSU but didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Torching OSU has to reflect on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yes, because I'm sure throughout any game, there's plays where receivers win a lot. Mm-hmm. But if they don't get the ball, facts, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means it's good defense. <laughs> so when it starts showing up on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Start showing up how Charlie Jones numbers start showing up. 
start showing up in big moments like Will Fuller versus Michigan State against a, a, a prominable or a formidable opponent, that's when you like, okay, we got to do. Mm-hmm. Did Will have a bunch of numbers before that Michigan State game? No. But after that Michigan State game, we found, oh, we got a deep threat. Oh, we got we to gotta change our offense around because now when in doubt, if a team pressing us, we got a guy that can win. So that's the type of impact I would like our receivers to have. Get a receiver pop out like that where we have to change our offense for them. That's when you know you got an impact at that position. Yeah. And see, this is the comedy of it all. That he keeps pointing to the, he he anno- he's avoiding the question about Notre Dame because he said Notre Dame had better wide receivers, but he can't tell me who the dog is in the Notre Dame wide receiver, and he keeps focusing on Michigan. So JJ McCarthy against Ohio State completed twelve passes left, 12. 12 the entire game. That's bad quarterback play, right? The two dogs, because I forgot about Cornelius Johnson, who's proven it as well. The two dogs caught seven of those passes for 200 yards, 200 touchdowns. I mean, two touchdowns with an average of over 20 yards per reception. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. With a quarterback that only had 12 completions. Bad quarterback play. Yeah. But what big dogs do with limited opportunities, they 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 produce. They produce. Cornelius Johnson had four catches for 160, dog. Four for 160, but he didn't do nothing. And he you know that's and, and you know, and that's just goes back to what's important for this offense at Notre Dame is that yeah, we have the capability just like in in, in the administration itself. It's a choice. Mm. It's a choice. It's a choice who we recruit, who we allow mm-hmm. to accept. Mm-hmm. It's a choice not to do NIL. It's a choice whether we roll out the guys we, we believe in at the receiver and involve them in the offense or not. It's a choice. Mm. Both the football team and the administration are capable of anything we want to do. Especially now, the offense is, is 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 can do whatever they want. They can feature the run. They can feature the the, the, the throw. Yeah, we had we had a comment after the show yesterday. Somebody actually said that um, the school has absolutely the school and administration has nothing to do with recruiting. <laughs> the administration is giving the okay or not, guys. This is one of the few universities that have to go talk to administration about uh, accepting a guy. Marcus Freeman got made calls be like, hey, can we can we do this? He got to get cleared, the head coach. Where else do you think Nick Saban got to call somebody else in the administration office to be like, hey, you think we can let uh, Will Anderson come? <laughs> the, the the buck stops at Will say well, Nick Saban's desk. Mark, the buck don't stop at Marcus Freeman's desk. He get the clearance to be in the room when the decision is made. He can offer up, you know. But Marcus Freeman ain't just, yeah, we taking him. What? Marcus Freeman got to sit in that little booth next to the, the uh, Father Hesburgh, the confessional. He on one side, Father on the other. He's like, Father, I'm coming to you out of good stewardship. We got a kid that's a five-star. We love him a lot. Can we accept him? You know what their answer is? What's his grades like? <laughs> what? Marcus Green was like, I guess we can't accept him. The five-star that wants to come here can't take him. So that's all I'm like. That's what we're dealing with. Nick Saban don't have to do that. Nick Saban's like, man, we want you, you, and you. Matter of fact, we taking you. I don't even have to be there. Tommy thinking it's the interview of his life. The guy that's supposed to interview him ain't even there. 
he told him, yeah, you can stay in the house, just go around the house, see what you like, talk to a couple people, but you ain't leaving, going back nowhere. You staying here. He ain't been to South Bend since. He called a moving team. And Coach Vic, Coach Vic, from an academic standpoint, Stanford is similar, but unlike Notre Dame, Stanford football is like the fifth most popular sport on Stanford's campus. Yeah. Hey, Stanford golf is more popular than Stanford football. Stanford water polo, Stanford swimming, Stanford women's basketball, Stanford baseball, Stanford tennis. They use like five or six sports that are more popular and more attended than Stanford football. Stanford kids don't care about football, man. Yeah, crazy. They have more All-Americans in other sports than football players. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Notre Dame's play. Nope. Notre Dame has very much attached football to their brain. Yeah. Very much so. And I think, you know, we can't compare what we do to other people. No. That's that's why it's so interesting. They're in a conference. They got rules. They got guidelines. They got things that they can and can't do to step out of such such realms of of control for themselves. We're in a whole other stratosphere when it comes to these teams. Man. That's what makes it so frustrating is that we have no restrictions on how good we can get from a money side, from a, a conference side, from a, a recruiting side. There's nothing that we can't just be like, yeah, we can make that happen tomorrow. Some of the other teams got to go talk to the commissioner, go talk to the, make sure it's cool with the other teams in the, in the division or the, in the, in the conference, or they all got to make the same decision. They all eat off the same money, the same, mm-hmm. average, same TV deal, same. Yeah. They, yes. got, they got all these rules. So when you look at Notre Dame across the aisle, you like, man, nobody's telling them what to, what to do for NIL. Nobody's telling them on who to accept, who not to accept. Nobody's telling them they they low on cash and need to borrow cash for TV deals. Mm-hmm. They don't have to play a sorry schedule every year. They got to play the best schedule every year. They don't have to pay no uh, uh, Mount Union University to come play there. They get they get they got to schedule Purdue as an off game. As an off game. As an off game. Teams is catching buys before they play us, and they're supposed to be better than us. How you catching a buy, USC, right before you play us? And you're supposed to be the Heisman team. They do it every year. So nobody's telling us we need to join no conference. Nobody's telling us we have a limit on scholarships because that's fair to everybody else. Mm-hmm. So then when the fan base is like, man, why can't we get the best players? We have the most freedom. We're not bound to having to out-recruit a kid because we don't want him to go to another school. We're a national recruited state. You think we tell we trying to get kids to not go to IU? Not go to Northwestern? You think we're trying to stop kids from that? We're trying to gain kids and teams are hating on us. They come just to negative recruit on what we're available to do. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Notre Dame cannot capitalize on the exclusivity that we have as a college football team. We do way more than y'all. We going to Ireland as a as a as a as a as a, as a uh, community, not just a football game. We're bringing the community with us, bro. I would have. Every 25 recruit that's serious on a three-day package to Ireland with their mother and father. Easily, because we you would never them. get you would never have another official visit like this. Never. Ever. If we sold out Justin Scott on a on a real Irish tour, we're gonna take you, we're gonna take you to a film Game of Thrones. Take you right there. And I'll mess around and have the director and the actors. There. Because we can pull them. They probably know the name fans. You know how that go. They probably big, long, 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 long. You know, that's 
Man, look, there's so much. This is why we say don't leave a four for 40 because you have so much more to offer. So much more. Just from your exclusivity. There's so much more to offer with Notre Dame football. We come back. Who should be the backup? And what's this battle going to be like in the fall? Lucky Lucky Podcast. This might go a little bit left. We spin it different. <laughs>